little hymn book. Uh, they're, they're on the pews in front of you. Uh, if you don't have one of these in your Bible, take it home with you. Uh, I challenge you to sing them at home. Uh, I would just say this, as uh, inept as I am, as musically illiterate as I am, as tone deaf as I am, y'all give me some other words that would describe my ability to sing. If I can sing the hymns, you can. And uh, uh, Jeannie and I sing them without the words, I mean without the music, yeah, without the words. We sing them without, without the music uh, because I, I can't get us started with the music. But really, I challenge you to teach these to yourself and to your children and, uh, and sing them. And you're going to begin to hear your kids singing them at home. So if, if you've got to have music, all of y'all know how to do YouTube. Find you some music and sing along. Amen. But get one, put it in your Bible, and start singing at home. We're, we're trying every time we get together, where it's a men's meeting or prayer time or whatever, we're trying to sing. And uh, uh, you guys that can sing a little bit, Tom, I think, is a little bit intimidated to try to lead music on Wednesday night, but he can do it. Y'all just need to encourage him, okay? Now, Russ may be another story. <laughs> but he can do it, couldn't he? Yeah. Matthew chapter 21. We are talking about Jesus' authority. That's a big deal, amen? Uh, because I can tell you right now, there is a... I mean, everything going on in the world right now is about authority, okay? You just, you just name it. It's about authority. And the big move in authority is that everyone is autonomous and everyone has authority over their own lives. Now, I'm telling you, if you didn't, don't realize it, that's, that's exactly where we're at. Nobody's going to be my boss. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. Okay? And, and I can tell you, that's fine and dandy until one day. Amen? And then we'll find out one day who is the authority? That day is coming. Matthew chapter 21, beginning in verse 23. And when he entered the temple, the chief priest and the elders of the people came up to him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things and who gave you this authority? So, obviously he was teaching and they wanted the teaching stopped. And he was also doing these things, healing the lame and the blind. And so their question, it's not the first time they've answered this question, where did you get the authority to do these things? So that's the question that's being asked. Now, Jesus is way, 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 way smarter than most of us. And he doesn't take the bait. But shrewdly... He asked them a question in reply. And as soon as he posed the question in reply, they were on a horn of dilemma. They were trapped already. Now, we're not that smart. But being quiet when questioned by somebody or coming back with another question is, is not a bad move to make. Gives you a little time to think anyway, right? Because what, what, what have the authorities had happen since he rode into Jerusalem on the, on the donkey? What, what has happened since he cleansed the temple? They had a little time to what? Think. What are we going to do with what's going on here? 
And so their, re, their response was they're going to they're question his authority. Verse 24, Jesus answered them, I also will ask you one question, and if you tell me the answer, then I will also tell you by what authority I do these things. The baptism of John, from where did it come from? From heaven or from man? And they discussed it among themselves, saying, If we say from heaven, he will say to us, Why then did you not believe him? But if we say from man, we're afraid of the crowd, for they all hold that John was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, We do not know. Now let me tell you what that was. That was an outright lie. They knew John, and they knew where John's authority had come from. And to say that they didn't was an outright denial of what they had already really admitted to. John was a prophet. We do not know, and he said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. So we, we know where we're at in chapter 1. Now, he came in Jerusalem. He drove out the buyers and the sellers. He healed the lame and the blind. The children started praising him. This upset the authorities because the children were praising them praising him in such a way that they couldn't, and it probably was an embarrassment, probably conviction upon them. Uh, and this morning, we're going to begin to look at this question about Jesus' authority. So these things took place on Tuesday and Wednesday of the Passover week. So this is really the last time he's going to have an opportunity to teach freely in the temple because on Thursday, he's going to be arrested. So we're quickly moving to his rest and to his crucifixion. So he was approached by the chief priest and the elders of the people. So I think he was approached not only by religious authorities, but maybe also governmental authorities. Maybe they'd brought this all in. So this was a, a cohort to stop uh, Jesus from teaching and from doing what he had been done. So they asked a question, by what authority are you doing these things, and who gave you this authority? That's the question. Mark says chief priests, teachers of the law, and elders. These groups surely represent the Sanhedrin, and they probably uh, represent the civil government uh, of, of that area. So these people, quote, are y'all ready? That I just mentioned, they are, quote, the authority, right? So in, in their minds and to, to the people, the authorities are the scribes and the chief priests and the elders and the Sanhedrin, right? So those are the authorities. And so these authorities knew what? They did not give Jesus their approval. So what are you doing in the temple doing what you're doing if we didn't give you the authority to do that? So that was the question from the group. But their big movement was to stop Jesus from teaching because he was leading many people away from Judaism is what, what really was going on. So he answered the question with a question. And the question was this, the baptism of John, from where did it come from? From heaven or from man? Now, when he says the baptism of John, what he's really talking about, of, he's talking about all the doctrine and all the things that John taught. Where did that come from? Not just his baptism, 
but particularly what he taught about the Lord Jesus Christ. Where did John's teaching come from? Now, don't, don't you see, don't, don't you, you, all, you all have, somebody, somebody was asked this, this week, uh, they said, so do you read the Bible every morning? And if, if you didn't know, that, to read the Bible every morning is, is pretty, it's a pretty rare thing. Huh? It's a pretty rare thing for people to read the Bible every morning, right? Now, it shouldn't be that way here because we encourage you every way we can to read the Bible every morning. But somebody asked another person, said, you read the Bible every morning? And they said, yes. And they said, how long have you been doing that? They said, 25 years. That would shock a lot of people. And I'm sure it shocked this young man when he asked that question. So we know, we know from being readers of the New Testament that John taught the exact same thing that Jesus taught, right? All right, so you see how all of a sudden they have asked a question they, they shouldn't have asked. And Jesus came back with a question that if they answered it, they were in trouble. So what are they going sh- to do? They're going to show themselves to be cowards. And if they don't have something behind which to hide, they're not going to be much trouble. Now, so how did John and Jesus compare things? Well, neither one of them had taught, or not taught, but been taught at the rabbinical schools. They had not been taught to be rabbis, Jesus or John the Baptist either. And they both were embraced by the common people. And that was a real problem for the religious authorities. Now, do you remember anything about John's testimony? Look at it there in the scripture. Uh, this has got to be, if this is not one of your favorite scriptures, it ought to be, right? Look at John 1.29. The next day, this is the words of John the Baptist. He, John the Baptist, saw Jesus coming towards him and said, Behold, what? The Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So, John the Baptist had pointed to Jesus and said, This is the Lamb of God. This is not a lamb. This is not a sacrifice. This Jesus is the Lamb of God. He is the sacrifice. What conviction to them. Because I can promise you, they were way more likely and probably leaned way more to accepting the Old Testament sacrifices of animals than of Jesus. So it was really convicting. And then in Matthew 3.11, John the Baptist says, I baptize you with water for repentance. Did Jesus teach repentance? Did John the Baptist teach repentance? But he who is coming after me, Christ, is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit in fire. So John, John the Baptist came preaching, get ready, Christ is coming, Christ is here. Amen? So, if these authority admit that John's ministry was from God, it would automatically validate the ministry of Jesus. Did I get that right? If they admit that John the Baptist's ministry was from God, all of a sudden they have validated who Christ is in his ministry. So, 
It didn't take a rocket scientist. They figured out immediately they were trapped. And they weren't into repentance, were they? They were into finding some way to wiggle out of it. So they answered Jesus. We don't know. We don't know about this John the Baptist. And pretty much everybody around saw through that. And what it really did, and and I I was visiting with someone this morning. You know, we we ought to always be listening, right? And uh, evaluating what we're hearing. Right? And what we see. Because if we're listening to what we're hearing and watching what we're seeing, people are going to reveal themselves to us for who they are. And I'm going to tell you, we need to be open to that because we need to, listen, we need to, we need to be witnessing and loving on lost people all the time, but we need to be careful by befriending people that are false teachers. Y'all listening? We need to be careful with that. So, they had exposed themselves as false teachers. So let's look verse by verse quickly at these, these scriptures. So let's look at verse 23. And when he entered the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came up to him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? So, they've had a little time to regroup. They've had a little time to get their courage back. I mean, hey, Jesus came in. He ran out the money sellers and the money changers. The lame and blind came. He healed. And they didn't lift a hand. But now they've had time to sleep on it, time to come up with a plan. So they had seen Jesus' works, right? The healing of the lame and the blind. They had heard his teaching, it lined up with the teaching of the Old Testament prophets, it lined up with the teaching of John the Baptist, right? I mean, they're in a real predicament here, okay? His works is obvious, his teaching is obvious, but they choose to ignore it. You know what they said? Forget the miracles... Forget the power of His Word. Forget the truthfulness of His Word. Listen to this. They said, we want to see His diploma. We want to see that certificate where He graduated from Bible school. Because what they know about John the Baptist and Jesus, they didn't have any of that. And that's what they wanted to see. Because if they had that, where where did Jesus and John the Baptist get it? He got it. They got it from the religious authorities. They feared him. Why did they fear him? Listen, y'all listen to this. The truth strikes fear in people who are opposed to God. They feared him because they heard the truth. They, they, they feared him because the people loved him and because the people were embracing the truth of what he was teaching and it didn't line up with their teaching. So, they were out to destroy him. And are they going to accomplish their goal? But he's going to teach and 
preach and do miracles to the last end. Amen? Is that, a, is that a word for us? Man, does it look, if you just look around right now, it, it kind of looks to me like we're not, we, we're getting our tails kicked. We're not winning much right now, right? But we keep hanging on. We teach preaching the truth and, and, and doing all we can and pushing back all we can, right? Until we're gone. What did Jesus do? He kept teaching till his last breath. So they ask a question, by what authority are you doing these things and who gave you this authority? So then Jesus gives them a very wise answer. Look at verse 24. Jesus answered them, I also will ask you one question, and if you tell me the answer, then also I will tell you by what authority I do these things. Again, Jesus does what they didn't expect. You know what he knew in his, in his even in his... Uh, God come in the flesh, okay, even in the flesh, but especially in the spirit, he knew that they did not deserve an answer. Did, did you know there's some people you might as well not reply to? Uh, matter of fact, I really think, I, I, I think even practically speaking, even trying to talk practical things to people who believe in abortion, to be people who believe in all this sexuality and transing, I really believe it's not wise even to reply to those people. Because they have no fear of God. And they may have brains, but they have no wisdom. There's a difference in having intelligence. It's a different thing to have wisdom. Listen, there's some people you just know at work or wherever else, there's no use in wasting your breath. They're just going to take it and twist it. Amen? He says, I'll ask you one question. He tells them, if you'll answer my question, I'll answer yours. His works were great testimony. What he had done, his teaching was great testimony. But listen to what he said to him. He didn't talk about what he had done, did he? He said this, The baptism of John, from where did it come from? From heaven or from man? And they discussed it among themselves. If we say from heaven, he will say to us, Why then did you not believe him? But if we say from man, we're afraid of the crowd. For they all hold that John was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, We do not know. And he said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. So, you know what Jesus told them? You want proof for my authority? You don't have to look any further than John the Baptist. He, he said, Just what did John the Baptist say? I rest my case in what John the Baptist said. There's no better proof. And so our Lord well knew that the Pharisees, really, they had more respect for John the Baptist than they did for him. And he realized that. That many of the people had a great opinion of John. So what Jesus decided to do was to teach them from what they knew. They knew about John the Baptist. So that's what he used to teach them. They knew his baptism. They knew his doctrine. What was Jesus' baptism about? 
It was about, his baptism was about repentance and faith and belief in the Lord Jesus Christ, the resurrection from the dead. That's what his baptism was about. His doctrine, his ministry, they knew about John the Baptist. So he had them in a spot. They were, they were in a fix. So they were either going to embrace John's baptism, his repentance, of repentance and his doctrine and his ministry, and if they did that, then they were going to validate Jesus' ministry, or they were going to have to deny who John was and his authority. You with me? They were going to have to do one or the other. If they did anything. And if they denied John's authority, they were going to stir up the people. Because these people kind of liked that guy that wore camel skin clothing and ate locusts and wild honey. And they really liked his preaching. You know why they liked his preaching? Same reason they liked Jesus' preaching. Because it came from God. So being cowards, they took the position of not answering the question. We do not know. We do not know. As a matter of fact, in dealing with people, just asking good old practical questions is probably a good place to go. You know what you're gonna you know what you're gonna teach a fool? Not much. But you might ask them a question that might God might use to get them to thinking, amen. Man, they, 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 they so wanted. They, they, were, they, they were looking for an opportunity to virtually signal to the folks that they were in with John the Baptist. They so wanted to do that. And I want to tell you, that's going on today. There, there is preacher out after preacher out there that their, their main concern is looking good on social media. That's their main concern. So Jesus answered them with their own medicine. (laughs) Look what he said. And he said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. You're not going to answer me. I'm not going to answer you. So three things as we put a wrap on this. Authority is a big issue. Are y'all listening? Young people, listen to me. I'm telling you, it's, it's the absolute truth. Are, are y'all listening to me? It's the absolute truth that we took some boys off to church camp that had never heard the word no out of their parents' mouth. And for sure, they had never been told, you are going to do what I told you to do. There is... There is did, did you know where children learn to give in to biblical and, and worldly authority? They learn to give in to the authority of their parents. I'm telling you, we could, we could, we could, we could stay forever on authority and parental authority and still not solve all the issues. Authority. There is authority. God is the authority. And then there's 
there's step after step after step of authority that's given in God's Word. And kids will never learn the second step to obey God and make God the authority if they don't learn to give you the authority that God's given you over them. You know why kids have parents? So parents can tell them what to do and make them what to do, what they need to do when they don't want to do it. You talk about making me just mad. Wouldn't you like to do that? Do what? It's a whole lot like other things in America today. How's this peaceful parenting working out? How's sparing the rod working out? I I wish I... I I probably can find one somewhere. I'd I'd like to find... I'd like to find what the rod was. I'd I'd like to have it up here to show you. Matter of fact, probably ought to give them out, right? No. So, something about the size of your finger, okay... Uh, hard plastic, but yet flexible. And they kept that around the house to use across the back of a disobedient child. And I believe the scripture goes on to say, and if you don't use that rod across their back, they're in trouble and you're in trouble. Spare the rod and spoil the child. I mean... All of a sudden, the government has told us we can't, we can't punish our kids. Mm. And today's Bible reading, if y'all are doing the MacArthur Bible, we read Romans 13. That would be a place that you would disobey the authority. Are y'all with me? God's Word says... To discipline your child. The government might threaten you and say, if you discipline your child, we're going to take them away from you. It's kind of like some other things. Then you'll have to come get them. We, you can't operate under the threat of ungodly authority. <sighs> Authority is a big issue in Matthew. We're well, back to Matthew, right? Look at Matthew 7, 28 and 29. And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had authority, not as the scribes and the Pharisees. Matthew 8, 8 and 9. But the centurion replied, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come under my roof. Centurion was an, an, an army officer. He had men who worked under him. He knew all about authority. But he says to, to Jesus, But only say the word and my servant will be healed. For I, am, I too am a man under authority with soldiers under me. And I say to one, come, go. And he goes and to another, come. And he comes and to my servant, do this. And he does it. Listen, young people. Listen, parents. That's how it's supposed to work. Matter of fact. You ain't getting enough of it this week. You'll get it next week because we're going to look at two sons. Remember those two sons? One, the father said, go do this. The son said, I'll go do it. Never went to do it. The other son said, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be rebellious. And he came back and what? Did it. 
He repented. So, isn't it amazing how Jesus' teaching builds upon teaching? We're going to go from talking about authority in religious matters to authority in parenting. Matthew 9, 6. But you may know that the Son of Man has authority. Wow, now this one we all... Hey, I mean our clapping is, is, is worse than our singing. And I think our singing's improving. But our clap, we either need to clap or we need to not clap. Did y'all hear me? We need to do one or the other. So if somebody's going to clap, oh, y'all with me? If somebody's going to clap, everybody's got to clap. Huh? I mean, somebody thinks we ought to clap. I think we ought to clap. Listen. We ought to say amen. We ought to clap when I read this. You want to know authority. Listen to the chapter 9, verse 6. But that you may know that the Son of Man, Jesus Christ, has authority on earth to forgive sins. And Paul would say, and I'm the chiefest of them. Hallelujah. Three hand claps. He forgives sins. Chapter 21, what we're reading, four times the word authority is used. Now, the most important words on his authority is given in the Great Commission. You remember that? Go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And Jesus came and said to them, All, wait now, all authority in heaven and where? And on earth is given to who? Jesus. He is the authority. And all other authority. Hey, listen, I don't care if it's Putin or Biden or whoever else it is. They, could, they can ignore it. They're absolutely ignorant of this. But the only two reason, the only reason those two guys are in power is because God allowed it. All authority is given to Jesus. So what did he commission them to do? Go make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them all things. You want some more authority? How about the authority of the prophets? How about Daniel? I saw in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man, and he came to the Ancient of Days, and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion, authority, a power, and glory, and a kingdom that all peoples and nations and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom one that shall not be destroyed. Hallelujah. Jesus has authority, has dominion over it all. And one of these days, wow. I can't even imagine what the throne's going to look like when he demonstrates to the world his authority. Is it going to happen? So this means he is God and he speaks with God's authority. Let me, let me go back. I got a little off track there. Three things we need to hang on to. Jesus' authority is God's authority because they are the same. They are one. God in heaven is the ultimate authority. Did you get that? 
No, there's no other authority above him. None. This means he is God and speaks with God's authority. He can forgive sins. He is none other than God's. God's authority is the highest authority. Number two, this authority validates his teaching. This is what impressed the people. Not just his his teaching, but the authority with which his teaching went forth. Matthew 7, 28 and 29. And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching. Yes, for he was teaching them as one who had authority and not as their scribes. All that heard his teaching knew what he said was the truth and that what he said could be trusted. People lie. Did y'all hear me? People will lie to you. Matter of fact, I think they lie to you thinking they're telling the truth. Okay? They'll lie to you thinking they're telling the truth. Politicians, I, uh, I, I, I don't want to paint too big of a brush, but they'll, they'll lie at the drop of a hat. Only Jesus can be trusted to tell the truth. Because I think uh, all these evils are on the inside, evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, arrogance, slander, folly. Uh, probably somewhere in there is lying, right? Deceit. Yeah. Number three, praise God, Jesus has authority to forgive sins. That, that's the biggest thing. Mark 2, 10 and 11. But that you may know that the Son of Man authority to, on earth to forgive sins. Sin's our biggest problem. Somebody say amen. Your finances is not your biggest problem. The farmer's biggest problem today is they need another cut in the hay. Our problem's not the government. Sin is our biggest problem. The debt we owe for our sins, we can't repay. We need someone to bear our punishment. We need somebody to take our place. Amen? The religious leaders would not accept his authority. They perished in their sins. Listen, if you don't accept the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ and his, his ability to forgive sins, if you don't accept him and make him Lord of lords and Lord of your life, you too, I too, would perish in my sins without Christ. Many perish today because they will not submit to Jesus' authority. They won't make him Lord. Well, I mean, I haven't argued it lately and not going to. But man, if you are not willing to make the Lord Jesus Christ not only your Savior, but the Lord, the boss, the authority of your, your, in your life, you've got real spiritual problems. I mean, it, wouldn't it be nice to have him as Savior and nothing else? Don't have to follow him. Don't have to obey him. Don't have to submit to him. Don't make, have to make him Lord. It doesn't work that way. If we are Christians, if we are followers of Jesus, we'll submit to his authority. There's people who will not make him Lord. 
They want no authority. It, I'm going to tell you, that works out real well when you are your own authority. Uh, I, haven't heard, I haven't heard the actual tape of it, but uh, I understand that Roe versus Wade happened on Friday. Right? Did they announce that on a Friday? I think it was on a, on a, on a Friday. Owen Strand flew into Washington that night. So he lands at the airport, and when he turns his phone back off of uh, airplane mode, his phone's blowing up. And he said, my phone never blows up at 1030 at night, let alone 1030 at Friday night. And, and the word was out that uh, Roe versus Wade was going to be overturned. Anyway, it, it happened to be that not, that not that night, but the next night, he and one of his friends went to the... Uh, Supreme Court building, and all these protesters are out there. You can, if if you haven't, and you may not have been exposed to it. If if you're just watching mainstream media, you would not be, you would probably have not been exposed to the vulgarity of the opposition to Roe versus Wade being turned over. I'm talking about vulgarity, okay? But he said there was one thing that kept being said over and over again. Autonomy, autonomy, it's my own body. Autonomy, autonomy, it's my own body. Well, I can tell you, every one of us can hold up our own hands and none of us can say this is my own body. Not a one of us. I believe he gives life, he gives breath, and he takes it. This is not my own body. And if I was a human female and I had a baby within me, that's not mine either. That's God's. But that word, autonomy. Now, doesn't that work out well? If you are your own God, right? Then you hold your destiny, right? Wow. They, you know what? They need... They need to hear some good preaching, amen? They need to read God's Word. Mm. They want no authority. They want to be their own authority. I I want to tell you, I think we came here craving to be autonomous. That's the flesh. They will not humble themselves and come to Jesus. They will not take Jesus for who He is. The Son of the Living God. You are the Christ. The Son of the Living God. And you alone are my Savior. So, what, what about you? What about you? You've heard what John said. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. You've seen the works of Jesus over and over in God's Word. You have some idea of His person and His preaching. But today... Now, this is something you must do today. He asked Peter, Peter, who do you say that I am? There is a day in which you're going to have to ask, answer God and say to God, Jesus, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. There's going to be a day in which you have to repent and believe the good news of the gospel that Christ came and lived a perfect life and died on the cross, which was our substitute, took our place and paid the penalty for our sins. That's something you must do. 
So will you acknowledge him as you're the Christ, the Son of the living God? My Lord. Can you say, my Lord, my God. Will you take him today as your Savior and Lord before it's eternally too late? You cannot save yourself. Stop trying. You cannot face judgment without Christ. Will you take him today as your Savior and Lord? Will you embrace him and begin to walk with him? Live for Him. Do all you can to advance His kingdom in the local church. Today will you become a follower of Christ. Dear Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you'd take this message and do with it what you see fit to do for your honor and your glory. Amen.